Welcome to Dubs OT, your weekly Warriors podcast on thesportsvirus.com. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Woodson and Joe Castellano. Well, Ray, I don't know if I was in favor of the play-in tournament to begin with, but uh, it was a thriller between the Warriors and the Lakers on Wednesday night. And a little programming note, we're going to podcast again on Friday after the Warriors play Memphis. Do or die game there. But uh, this game on Wednesday, you know, it looked like the Warriors had a great chance to win. They were in control. They were up by 13 at the half. And then all of a sudden, the third quarter happened and the Lakers were like a freight train kind of like uh, what Frank Vogel was saying in the huddle uh, let's uh, let's be a freight train and they were and they poured it on there and then it just came right down to the wire and LeBron James is a hero at the end give him credit well it was a great shot I mean and you know great players will do that uh, to quote Rich Eisen uh, this was the greatest play-in game in NBA history <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> for the two years they've been doing it uh, you know, it was it was terrific contest, and you know, like we were talking about in previous podcasts, when you institute a change in sports, it's tough to go back from that. So I tend to think that we're going to see playing games in the future. We're going to see this format. I don't know how uh, I and, feel about yeah. it. How do how do you feel? Do you like it? I, I don't know if I like it. Double elimination <laughs> style, really, for the Warriors, anyway. Well, I mean, you know, if you're a seven or eight seed. How many seven or eight seeds have gotten to even the conference finals, right? How good are those teams usually? Right. Usually not very good. So it's going to be a, a little tougher for you to go deep in the postseason because you didn't play as well in the regular season. I don't really have a problem with that, that it comes down to one game. Uh, or in, in the Warriors and Lakers situation, they were in a double elimination uh, format, basically, and the Lakers escaped. Uh, if they're going to be like these games, and if you're going to get LeBron versus Steph, uh, it's going to be sensational. But they're not all going to be that way. Uh, so I'm 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 still on the fence about it. But uh, this game right here was was terrific. Uh, it was tense. Uh, it was a bit choppy. Uh, listen, uh, the Warriors lost this game in the third quarter, and I think Steve Kerr said that uh, post game. Uh, they had total control on the first half. They punched him in the mouth. They took the game to him. The Lakers were back on their heels. Uh, you know, the Warriors were forcing some turnovers and some misses, and they were hitting the pedal to the middle. I mean, they were going in overdrive. And, and you know, they were, they, they were creating opportunities that way. And then third quarter opens up, and, you know, I think the Lakers stepped up their energy, and this is the best defensive team in the league, so they're going to get some turnovers. But also, the Warriors were very careless with the ball. And it let the Lakers back in the game, gave them life. There was a moment there in the third quarter where the Warriors were up by 12, they had the ball, and then a Steph Curry turnover. And led to a bucket at the other end. And I think everything shifted after that. And eventually the, the Lakers chipped away and, and took the lead. Now the Warriors had a little little salt left in, in, at the end of the game. Um, everybody's going to talk about the, the Draymond foul on LeBron, and supposedly LeBron saw three rims. Okay, whatever. I don't know about that, yeah. You know, he's just down the street from where they hand out the Oscars. So maybe, <laughs> maybe he's buying for one. I'm not really sure what the deal is. Uh, you know, if you were seeing three rims, you're not making that shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> CJ McCollum yeah. even laughed about it on Twitter. So he knows. He knows. <laughs> LeBron will do this. We know LeBron will do this. Um, <laughs> Hallucinating but, is what he was doing, I guess. But I, I guess, and you know, but. 
uh, it was a great shot uh, in a scramble situation with the, with the clock expiring, and give him credit for that. But before that, the foul on Draymond, where Wes Matthews flopped, veteran savvy move by Matthews, that was no foul. That was ridiculous. That deprived the Warriors of an opportunity. I thought Poole was going to make the, the wing three. He's been so reliable. It, it didn't fall. And, you know, the, the Warriors had a great game plan. They brought great energy to this game for a team that was, you know, uh, the Lakers have such a great size advantage, and they get LeBron back, and, you know, they're saying, oh, LeBron's not 100%. Well, maybe not, but he's still LeBron. He can still do LeBron things. So it was going to be a tough matchup for them, and I thought the, the Warriors had a great game plan and some great rotations to, to give the Lakers trouble in the first half. And, and you know, let's face it, they were out sprinting them. They were beating them to spots, and the, the Lakers were slow to respond on rotations. That all changed in the third quarter. Part of it is the Lakers, you know, showing a sense of urgency, saying, hey, "Wait a minute, we don't want to lose this game and have to, you know, play Memphis." To, for, for our lives, defending the NBA championship? No, that's not how we want to do this. So they definitely stepped up the energy, and you know they, they've got length, they've got the ability to disrupt passing lanes, and they did a better job of anticipating what the Warriors were doing. But the Warriors were also very sloppy, and you know 20 turnovers is not going to cut it. Six by Draymond, six by Steph. You can't do that Friday against Memphis, or it'll be an absolute grind. Yeah, and I mean that was a really good game that the Grizzlies and Warriors had on Sunday. And I, I guess part of my problem with this format, with this play-in, is that you don't know uh, when is it the game. I mean, Sunday felt like the game for the Warriors because now, okay, you'll avoid the fact that yeah. uh, you have to win that first game. So, yeah, we win that game if you're the Warriors. You're thinking, okay, this is great. Now, is this the game? No, because now you have another chance. The next game is the game. Like, you just – it's almost like they're just trying to sell us on this. Like there are so many of these uh, big games that factor into it. I don't know that I'm buying it really. I would rather that the regular season has more meaning and that game on Sunday to me, that should have been it. Like if you win that you're in the postseason. instead you got to, it's prolonged. Although I say that, and I still really enjoyed watching this Warriors Lakers drama. I mean, that was drama and entertainment at its highest point. Yeah, uh, and is that going to be the future, or is that the exception that proves the rule that you don't want to do this going forward? You could also argue on the flip side, well, there would have been a real battle for that eighth and final playoff spot in the regular format, and that would have been drama, too. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's, I, I said I'm still on the fence uh, on this. Uh, I, I don't know if, if the NBA is looking at this and saying, yeah, you know, I, I think this is something we're going to go forward with assuming all the games are like this. I think, in a sense, this was a one-off. You're not going to get a game like LeBron and Steph usually, but what happened was the Lakers faded because of so many games lost due to injury for LeBron and Anthony Davis. But if those guys are healthy, there's no way they're, they're anywhere within smelling distance of a game like this. So uh, I, I wonder, if, it, like I said, if it's just the exception that proves the rule. You mentioned that foul, and that was a big foul. That was a key foul on yeah. Draymond Green setting the screen. And I just think the officiating, and I'm not one to really complain about officiating all the time, but I think it was inconsistent. You, you're letting them play for the most part in this game. It was, you know, it kind of reminded me of uh, going back maybe a decade, and, and you let them play, and it's a physical 
defensive style game for the most part. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you call that. There's a flop. And, and he just he sets the screen. It's not like he went out of, out of his way to knock him down. I'm, I'm talking about Draymond. He didn't knock him down there, and he gets called for the foul. I just think that was terrible. Well, that's why you know veteran NBA players do that stuff and try to sell it because they might get a whistle. You know, that's just in real time. The, the refs don't always catch that. But you know, you had just had a review of whether Draymond had a flagrant foul against LeBron when LeBron did land on the floor hard. But I, like I said, I think there was a little bit of histrionics there, and you know that was a hard foul, but it was a common foul. And then on the other end, you know. Draymond breathes on Wes Matthews, and they, they fall for that. And this is what drives fans crazy. It's what drives coaches crazy. Uh, Kerr, in, in some situations, wouldn't got, would have gotten a technical foul there, but it was the heat of the moment. I mean, worse than that is Kerr was trying to call timeout on that last possession, and they didn't give it to him until 2.1 seconds. There's, there's been a lot of back and forth about that final possession. Well, the Warriors should have called timeout earlier. No. There are times when if you have the defense on the run, especially a defense like the Lakers, you don't want to get on a half-court set. You want to see if there's a scramble play, some chaos, and that's where Steph Curry can be very dangerous. When that uh, didn't avail itself, well, yeah, then you're thinking about timeout. I think Curry was thinking about it with five seconds. He started calling it. And, you know, normally the the referees are are going to hear you, but Curry's at the other end of the floor. Maybe there's a little bit of noise. You never know what it was. But uh, he lost a couple of crucial seconds there. Um, you know, be that as it may, uh, again, I think this game was lost in the third quarter. It was, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Warriors are way too sloppy in that quarter, and uh, they had all the momentum going into halftime, and then that happens there. And uh, in the end, you mentioned the the histrionics, and I, yeah, I really felt like he, uh, LeBron, was being a drama queen. I, I, I think his goal there was to try to get the flagrant foul. Acted up yes. as much as possible. He kind of looked like a soccer player to me. Like when, when a soccer player goes down and he does all this acting, and then the next thing you know, he, he's playing great. And and LeBron, he knocks down the two free throws, so I'm not buying this. I'm seeing three rims. He hits the, you know a 35-footer or whatever it was as the game winner, so I'm just not buying it. I, I think he, all of that was drama because he wanted to get the call there of flagrant, which would have been a huge call at the time, and so he just kind of played that whole thing out. I think, I think he's perfect for L.A. He's acting. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, lobbying to uh, you know get some advantage against Draymond has worked before, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Know, over over a longer term than this, but uh, you know, he knew Draymond's rep, he, and you know, he was going to try to sell a hard foul. Uh, Draymond was was vertical. I, I don't think there was really anything wrong except for an inadvertent hand in the face. I don't know how much he really poked him in the eye. Again, if he could see to make those free throws in that three pointer. But, you know, this is, this is, again, the part that draws, just drives people crazy, and they start calling it soccer because everybody's trying to sell something to the referees. Yeah. And that does have an influence on the game. Uh, you know, just for the hell of it, uh, Maddox and Goble, when either of those refs has uh, officiated a Warriors game, Warriors now 1-15. Whoa. Uh, so, oh. you know, the, oh, the deep state conspiracy theorists were out before this game, uh, and yet, the Warriors had a chance to win it at the end. And uh, last I checked, the Warriors, uh, Maddox and Goble weren't throwing bad passes, you know, in the third quarter to give the Lakers life. Listen, uh, uh, the Lakers are good defensively. Been watching the Warriors for years for all their championship seasons. And how many times have I talked about turnovers with this team? It's, it's just the way they are. They take some risks, and often there's a reward. When they had 
They're championship teams. When they had a deeper bench, uh, you know, when they had Clay, when they had Durant, whomever, they've had turnovers. That's part of the, you know, the pace that they play. And, and what we always say is it's not just the number of turnovers, it's the kind of turnovers. And that's where, you know, I, I think that, that grinds Steve Kerr's gears in the third quarter. Uh, you know, and Kerr, I think, has done a good job to coach him to this point, and he had him prepared for tonight, that's for sure. A lot of us were dreading, uh-oh, they're going to fall behind 25-6, to 6, you know, and, that's, <laughs> right. and it's over. right? But, but he had him prepared tonight, and they had a good game plan. Would have liked to have seen more minutes for uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson in the fourth quarter. I think he's a guy who, who fits, who I think they could do worse than having a, a end-of-game lineup with him and with Wiggins and with Draymond and with Steph. You know, I, I think that's, that's Jordan Poole. I think that's a good group to finish with. You know, the problem is who are you playing and how much size do they have. And, and to that end, it's going to be interesting to see what, what they do against Valanciunas on Friday, you know, he goes for 23 and 23 tonight. So, you know, strong like ox warning, <laughs> warning. He's going to be a problem again on Friday. Oh, I think so. I mean, he, yeah, he was, he was tough against the Warriors the first time around. And uh, how about the defense that Brooks played on Curry? And that's the thing. I mean, Steph has got everybody flying at him every game and he's still, you know, putting up the numbers, 37 points in this game against the Lakers. Yeah. He had, you know, more turnovers than he would like, uh, but he always, he's going to need help if the Warriors are going to win this game Friday, or if they're going to, you know, win any games, if they do get into a series with Utah, they need other players to step up. And I think Wiggins has done that for the most part. He had some sensational moves in this game. He played really good defensively. I mean, I think Wiggins at the end of the season here is showing that he is going to be an integral part of this team going forward next year. Well, that's one of the big developments of this season, I think, is they understand what they what they have going forward, and you're throwing clay, and they're going to be a problem for a lot of teams in the future. Uh, I, I I think he's solidified his position, and that's, you know, there were some questions about that at the start of the year, and maybe the coaches had questions as well, but he has taken a step forward this year, and that is going to be a very big development for the Warriors uh, going forward. Um, you know, and they found they found a guy in Juan Toscano Anderson. They, they've got Steph still at his peak. Uh, you know, there's a lot to look forward to here. And I, I do think they're going to be a problem for the Jazz if uh, they're able to win this game Friday and get into the playoff series. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, they're going to not go very far in the playoffs. And I get that. You know, you're using up uh, some mileage for a guy like Steph at age 33, but he seems to have boundless energy. And he's he's definitely charged up right now anytime you talk about playoff basketball. So I, I'd like to see him get there and just to see how they respond against a team like Utah that they've beaten before. So, uh, But we're getting our head of ourselves because they've they got to get it done Friday. Uh, I, th- I think Wiggins will be an important part of that game on Friday. Is you know Dylan Brooks, he fouled out in the last game. Let me tell you, he's already got three fouls that they probably didn't call for Friday's game. <laughs> that guy's grabbing and reaching and scraping, and you know, just like everybody tries to do against Steph, but it's just so obvious with him. And that's what you have to do as a as a guard or a, a wing to foul out. You've got to make it obvious, and it was pretty obvious with Dylan Brooks. I mean, he probably should have fouled out ten minutes earlier in that game. So that's something to watch out for on Friday. Yeah, one of the things that I think is happening too, Ray, you mentioned that all the turnovers, is that a lot of times, you know, you'll have Steph and Draymond out near the three-point arc, and they're doing their thing where they're pick and roll. And then, 
you know, there's a break free point for either Steph or Draymond, and then they're trying to pass to somebody, and that's where the receiver of the pass, I think, also has to help out. I mean, a lot of these turnovers on the scorebook go down as either Draymond or Steph, and yeah, I mean, some of those passes were not good passes, but also, I think at times I saw where the the receiver of the pass has to kind of step up a little bit and, you know, make himself available a little, mo- a little more. Make- get himself open because mm-hmm. they need help. You can't just stand around. And I saw that several times where there were some players just standing around waiting for Draymond or Steph to do something. Yeah, I, you know, I, that's, that, I see that sometimes. Other times I see that the, the gravity that Steph creates does create an opening and they move the ball well. They go tic-tac-toe and somebody gets a dunk. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit sporadic where that is concerned. But you know that they're going to defend Steph the way they're going to defend them. The Warriors know this now. I think that's the point they're going to press is that everybody else has got to be moving as well. Uh, you know, Wiggins has got to be your second option, and he's got to be your first option when Steph is off the floor, along with Jordan Poole. Uh, those are the guys who've got to be getting the shots for the most part. The other, the other guys, they got to be wide open shots, and and they will be there. But you know, these are the guys you you really got to focus on it and make sure they get their opportunities. I, I think Step was you know, a little slow to start in this game, but we know how it is with him. He can go over 6 and all of a sudden make a 3, and the, the race is on. It's Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, without the drugged-up horses. So, you know, that, that, that's, that's, we've seen that a million times. It's just a shame now that it comes down to one game for your season on Friday, it, as it well as, as it does for Memphis. Uh, but again, that's the advantage of the eight seed. You get a second chance. Yeah, I mean, it's this is kind of like the wild card in baseball, where uh, you know you come down to this one game. It's not a series; it's one game, do or die. You know, one thing that's I think is really promising for this team if they do win on Friday, the Warriors they've got more confidence out of the players that early in the season you know, weren't really getting a lot of minutes. I mean, look, Juan Toscano-Anderson didn't have a contract like he has now. He he looks comfortable out there. And, and he, you know, mm-hmm. obviously he's giving them great minutes, you know, hustling and playing defense and rebounding. But he's also, if he takes a three, you feel like you know, he's pretty confident about it. And, and Jordan Poole, as we've talked about on this podcast all season, he's a different guy now. I mean, he looks like somebody who's ready for prime time. So those guys going forward, I, I think there's a lot more confidence in them. Well, again, that's that's the big development this year, and this is one of the things that you know we wanted to find out. Right? Who, who do they have that they can run with uh, in the future? That's part of the fact finding of this year, and you know they they found a guy in in JTA. Uh, they they've got some confidence in Poole. They've got a lot more confidence in Wiggins now. It, it's going to be uh, a pretty spicy group next year, and and there's no back down in, in JTA. He took it right, right at LeBron a couple of times. A pool tried to dunk on LeBron. What an amazing highlight that would have been. Uh, and, you know, the energy, as well as the basketball intelligence, I think for most of these guys, is there. Um, you know, JTA has been playing in a lot of places. This is not his first rodeo. A lot of comparisons have been made to Iguodala, and he kind of fills that role, doesn't he? Uh, and will even more so next year. And I think he's not only earned a contract, he's earned more minutes. Uh, he is not, you know, quite. He doesn't have the the, the store of knowledge that Andre Iguodala has yet, but you can see the ability is there at both ends of the floor, and and you know Andre at age thirty thirty two can still run the floor with anybody, uh, and so can JTA. He's a little younger version. So, 
I, I, I love the future for this team. I really do. The, the near future for the next couple of years. Whatever happens on Friday night and in the first playoff series, but you, know, you don't want to let this go yet because, I mean, first of all, you, you want to see Steph Curry play. The whole league wants to stay, stay Steph Curry play. And uh, for all you conspiracy theorists out there who talk about, oh, Adam Silver want to make sure LeBron got through, well, let me tell you, if, if ever there's going to be a game where Steph gets a beneficial whistle, it had better be Friday. They don't want to see Steph exit this early. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, it, it's, it's not, of course, it's not an obvious thing. It's more of a subliminal thing. But uh, there are going to be fingers crossed in the league office, believe me. Yeah, do you want to see Steph Curry? Or do you want to see Jonas Valanciunas? <laughs> or you know, Jay Morant is going to be a, a, a very interesting player going forward, but he's not on the starter level yet, not even close. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see him exit early. You want to see him enter the fourth quarter early, which is what we saw on Wednesday, uh-huh. uh, which was great. I mean, he played the final ten minutes. I mean, he only sat a couple of minutes there and played the final ten, which usually comes in around the six or seven minute mark. And I would imagine that uh, Steve Kerr will not hesitate to bring him in early on Friday. You know, the thing, actually, Ray, the, the yeah. moments that stood out in this game to me, besides the LeBron shot, were some of these other uh, plays. I mean, you know, the Curry shot at the end of the half, of course. But the as you mentioned, the pool trying to dunk on LeBron, that, that was exciting, even though, you know, he missed the dunk and there was no foul called and there was some contact there. Uh, JTA doing the, hey, uh, quiet after he hit that three to the fan, you know, that that was pretty cool. And the other thing that maybe people are going to forget about was the Montrez Harrell dunk that reminded me of of Daryl Dawkins when he broke the backboard. Because I mean, I thought Harrell was going to break the backboard on that one dunk. I mean, that's something that I'm going to remember from this game anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's what you want if you're the NBA. You, you want some memorable moments in this game, and of course the LeBron three at the end. It's going to be a memorable, memorable one as well. They asked Curry after the game what it was like to watch a game-winning three over him, and he said, I've seen it before. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. about a 35-footer, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, that was, in fact, that was the longest shot LeBron has made this season. Really? So it's, yeah, figures, right? <laughs> it just figures that it's kind of that situation. But again, that's what, that's what great players do. Um, and of course, uh, Curry was. I think referring to Kyrie Irving making that big shot over him in Game Seven. Yeah. Um, I by the way that Game Seven in 2016, I have never been in a more nervous atmosphere in sports. <laughs> Seriously, I have not. I mean, you know, I've been to World Series games, NLCS, uh, NFL, uh, NFC championships. That was the most nervous, and you could everybody felt it from from the get go. And it was a grinder of a game. And it did remind me a little bit of this game tonight, which was, you know, it was, there were some moments where there's some running and gunning, but it was also a bit choppy. And, you know, the score was on the low end for NBA games these days. And first, that one on, in 16, I don't know, what was it, 93, 89, something like that. So both teams are under 100 points. So every shot felt big. And, you know, when, when Curry couldn't break down Kevin Love and miss that shot, when he threw the behind-the-back pass out of bounds to Clay, I mean, all these moments were magnified. When when LeBron made a three over Festus Azili, and and what was Anderson Verichow doing in the game? As you can tell, I haven't turned the page yet. Of that <laughs> page, Joe. But a little reminder of that, and I, that's what I love. 
You've got that old-time feeling tonight. Uh, you know, if not a playoff game, it'll do. Glad you mentioned that, though. It's interesting because you think about that game and you think about those teams, and, and it is, you know, a lot about LeBron versus Steph when you think about yeah. this game because there's no Klay Thompson. I mean, this is this is really about Steph Curry, and it's about LeBron James. Uh, and, you know, you, you like to think about that. You think about uh, great matchups of Magic and Bird and the, the, that kind of stuff. But as far as these two teams facing off, man, I wish we had more of this. Like, in, you know, I wish we had a playoff series. How great would it be? Lakers Warriors for a best of seven. I mean, after you saw what happened tonight, it was just tantalizing to think about what would happen if they were playing a seven-game series. Well, I'd love to see it. Uh, I think to tell you the truth, it'd be a pretty short series. Probably go five Probably. games, and the Lakers <laughs> would win it. But you know, I mean, you never. The Warriors always have a puncher's chance with Steph, and I think this group is is gelling pretty well. They're playing some pretty good basketball, so it'll still be a fun series. Who knows? Who knows, Joe? I mean, that's why you've got to win Friday. Then that opens up some possibilities for you. They've got to take down the one seed. But, um, yeah, I was I was in an arena where they did that before. Where was that? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Darren Davis, we believe, 07. That's that one. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and Draymond Green does not like that comparison to the We I Believe team. Yeah, he doesn't like I it, but it, it's yeah. fun. To, it's fun to think about it though, because you know, even though you know he's won three titles and Steph has and and Kevon Looney, but I mean, just this team is so different. This is a this is an underdog team, so that's why yeah. I think the comparison is still appropriate. Yeah, yeah, I think to some degree that there's that feeling, but. Uh... I mean, they just beat Memphis. They barely beat Memphis. It was a game that actually they had pulled out ahead and they blew a lead. Um, I think they're better than Memphis, uh, and they should beat Memphis. But are, are, is this game such a letdown that you're not going to bring the energy to start Friday night? That's what we're going to watch for. Well, we're bringing the energy because, uh, you know, no matter what we think of this play-in format, we have caught the fever because we're going to podcast again in two nights. So, you know, normally yeah. we do this once a week. We're doing it twice this week, so we've got the fever. I better shut up now. I'll be all talked out. Got to pace myself for Friday. All right, Ray. I'll talk to you then. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for listening to the Dubs OT Warriors podcast. Join Joe Castellano and Ray Woodson again next week on thesportsvirus.com.